History buffs in the room? History buffs? All right. So here in a few days, we're going to celebrate something a little bit, you know, sort of crucial to, to this country, right? And, and what do we call that? Independence Day. And, and what, history buffs, do we mean by Independence Day? Say it loud, Paul. Okay, right? So, so independence from being ruled by another entity or country, and in that case, a king. Right? Independence. Freedom from the tyranny of another person's rule was basically what, what we would have said, right? That was, the, that was the promise of this newly formed country was that there would be freedom. No taxation without representation, right? Is that still on the Washington, D.C. license plates? Right? Yeah. Isn't that great? Since D.C. has no representation. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Not getting into that political sticky wicket, but just saying I think it's interesting that they chose that to put on their license plates. For freedom, Christ has set us free. There's something about, in the scripture, about being in bondage and freedom that is a constant theme in the Old Testament and the New, right? Like, there is a release from bondage that happens that is the central story for the Jewish people, for the Hebrews. The Exodus story is the central story for people who are of Jewish ancestry and origin. That is the story. We were enslaved for 400 years. God, through the leadership of Moses and Aaron, let us out of that slavery. We were no longer bound. We could make our own choices. We could go to the promised land. And what did they do with their freedom? they immediately started complaining. Right? I Man, I love that story. It's just, it's so, that's what I love about the scripture is it's so human. I mean, this is not, this is not some, you know, highfalutin spiritual book most of the time. This is, this is a story about us as humans. We're free. And then as they look back, they're like, but, you know, we at least got meat would rather go back to being enslaved because of the benefits of, the, of being bound up. For freedom, Christ has set us free. In the New Testament, there's a lot of talk about being bound again. Though the people at that time weren't necessarily enslaved in the same way, Though there is a tyrannical government in place, Rome is there, the, the Jewish people were hoping for a savior to be able to free them again from this kind of tyrannical government so they could have their own. But in the New Testament, it's mostly about our bondage to what? Come on, theologians. Three little word, right, sin. Our bondage to sin. Our, our bondage to the fact that we are more likely to, in seeking things for ourselves, to screw things up than we are to do the right thing. That there's something about us that 
if when we are given freedom, when we are set free from things, that we are more likely to take that freedom and submit again to a yoke of slavery, to use our freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. As we come into this Independence Day, out of that time, and I think there may, be, may have been some thought about this before, is out of that time came this idea of American exceptionalism. That America was somehow had most favored nation status with God that it was ordained that we were going to be the greatest nation in the world, that we were going to lead the world in becoming fruitful and wonderful, that we then were given the charge somehow to spread our version of democracy, right, to other people. And it feels like a pretty valiant sort of thing because if we look look at the values of the Declaration... We look at the values that, that we hold to be near and dear to us. They're really amazing. It says all men are created equal, but it was supposed to mean, now we would like it to mean all people are created equal. Even though, of course, there was a lot of compromise there, and of course slaves are only two-fifths of a man. We still had our problems. But the ideals and the vision of America is something that is beautiful. And we lay that values and that over the veneer of some of what really goes on. And yet many people still hold to this ideal of American exceptionalism, that we can do no wrong. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Freedom implies choice. To be free means that you can choose something. Am I right? The kids could have chosen not to put on the bag. They were free to do that. They were also free to put on the bag. They, They were free to, you know, leave their shoes right here, as a matter of fact. Freedom implies a choice. And often because of this theological idea of sin, when we are given freedom, when we are set free from the bondage of sin, we often then sort of go a little bit into self-indulgence. Many people talk about when they're young and they have the salad days, right? We would have called them the ramen noodle days, right? Like, like you're living on very little money, you're scraping it together, and then maybe as things go on and you get lucky enough and you get into your profession and you're able to make money, now you're able to choose some different things and will often say, well, I'm going to, we've got a little money, I'm going to indulge myself in this. And oftentimes that's not a hurtful thing. It's kind of fun to maybe buy some nice chocolate this time or to go on a little better vacation, or, or maybe buy some shoes that you wouldn't have bought before. Or maybe do something for somebody else because you are able to now, and so that, that feels a little indulgent too. You can help them indulge and feel better about themselves. 
For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Freedom implies choice. And the Galatians apparently were choosing self-indulgence because Paul was reining them back in, it feels a little bit like. But he's not pulling hard on the brakes. What he's doing is he's saying, your freedom is in the context of community. The choices that you are being asked to make always are in the context of your neighbor. What is good and beneficial for them, what is good and beneficial for you. And that there is a symbiotic relationship between those things. That Christian freedom isn't simply about self-denial for Christians. That's been played that way sometimes. Right? Especially as it comes to women in the church. We've said, well, you're free. You're free as long as you're willing to do everything. Right? You're, you're free, except for we're not going to ordain you to be a minister. You're free, except for you can't teach, anything, teach anyone but the children. You're free, and so you just need to accept that because that's, that's good for the community. Well, is it? I mean, I think if we look at what Jesus talked about and what Jesus was about, he was so often about bringing people in to the conversation that had never had a place at the table. The freedom that he was offering them was to be part of the covenant community. And yes, it's a covenant community. So there are values and things that we share and we we continue to refine those over time. One of the reasons why I'm a Presbyterian is because it was a choice. If it wasn't a choice, I'd still be a Lutheran. Because that was my family of origin. But one of the reasons why I'm a Presbyterian is because of this phrase, God is the Lord of the conscience. And what that means is is that God gave us a brain to think and to decide and to discern, but not just for ourselves on our own, but within the context of community, and not just the community in which we, in which we find our, our worship every Sunday, but the community in which we live, the community in which God gives us to live into. And so as we exercise our freedom, we are given choices. And as Christians, we have been set free from the bondage to sin, not to indulge ourselves. And not to use what power we might have in order to lord it over somebody else. To control what they are doing. But to live into the fruits of the Spirit, which are love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. What I love about this is there is no law against these things. It's hard to legislate love. To legislate, to tell someone who they have to love or who they don't have to love. It's hard to legislate patience, right? hard to legislate kindness or generosity 
or faithfulness or gentleness. We try to legislate self-control. For freedom Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. If you can't tell, I've been struggling this week with this message. And part of the reason is, is I've always believed in the better angels of other people. I've always believed that the Spirit was at work in and through us. And that's being challenged for me personally right now. Because as I step back in our society, I see that what has been true throughout history could be true now, which is that those who are able to create their own wealth and their own power are seeking then to dictate what everybody else gets to do, is able to do, where they can work, where, where they can live, the control they have over their own bodies and who they love. And that concerns me. Not because I think that freedom gives us the opportunity to just do whatever the heck we want. That's not it at all. That is not what the scripture would say. That is not what this scripture passage would say. But what it would say to me is that we work with each other in community to find the best ways and paths forward so that everyone can flourish. When we begin taking choices away from people, we limit their flourishing in general. I may not agree with some of the choices that people make. Heck, I don't agree with some of the choices I've made in my life. Some of them weren't real smart. Back the other day, my wife might have something to say about some of the choices I made. So, But in community, where there's love and there's grace and there's acceptance, I'm able to be brought back into the covenant. I'm able to be, I'm able to be shown the errors of my ways. I'm able to make reparations. I'm, I'm able to do that even, even as I'm stretching my wings and as I'm seeking to figure, figure things out. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Freedom implies choice. Paul writes in Corinthians, all things are lawful, all things are permitted, but not all things edify or build up. We can do all kinds of things, but our call, brothers and sisters, is to build up, to give opportunity, to seek the best for the other. In this scripture passage, it also seems like there's a dichotomy, a little bit of a dualism between the spirit and the flesh. And I don't want us to go there. Because the flesh is not opposed to the spirit and the spirit is not opposed to the flesh, even though that's sort of the language as it gets translated here. Paul uses this as shorthand, right? The flesh is sort of the indulgent ways of the world. The Spirit is the higher things of God, but that's his shorthand for this. It is not saying that our bodies are evil. 
or that the desires that we have are inherently evil. But that in the Spirit, those desires and those things that we want to do get translated into something beautiful and good where we love and care for those in our community. Where we go beyond ourselves and our own self-seeking to benefit other people. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So as we entertain the idea of independence, may we be guided by the Spirit. May we be guided by the Spirit that roots our freedom in community. A spirit that says that every person is worthy of dignity and honor and choice. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.